Well, good morning, Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Make sure my mic is on. I want to say thank you to, uh, to Jarek for leading us in those wonderful songs this morning. Uh, thank you, Brian, for the wonderful communion thought. Thank you to our shepherds, to our Bible class teachers. Uh, we're so appreciative of you and all that you do here at this church. Uh, we are so happy to see you here with us this morning. If you're visiting with us for the first time, and as I look across the auditorium, I see a number of visitors. We're so excited that you're here with us. We want to let you know that you are our honored guest, and in the back of your pew, you will find a visitor's card. We would just simply ask that you take that out, fill it out. We've got a box in the foyer. As you exit, you can place that card in there, or you can pass it to me or one of our shepherds. We want to make sure that we have a record of your attendance so that we can invite you back to this Fine, fine church, because I don't think you'll find a greater congregation in all of Mission Viejo. So I'm going to make this snappy this morning. Mary Vaughn told me whenever I get up to preach, I have until 11.30 on the dot to finish. I'm just joking with you, Mary. <laughs> so that means I have about 10 minutes, amen. We're, I'm going to try to get through this material rather quickly because we have a wonderful day ahead of us. After uh, the worship this morning, we've got a fellowship luncheon prepared uh, in the auditorium, and we want everybody here, laddie daddy, everybody, like we say in the army, to go back there and to eat with us. I don't care if you're here by yourself just visiting, you come back and sit back there and eat with us. We want to get to know you. So this morning, we're going to continue on in our sermon series entitled Home Improvement, and we mentioned it over the past couple of weeks. You know that our families are in a time of great transition with children heading back to school and Mom and dad both working, and the amount of stress placed on the American family today can be very difficult to handle, and as a result, we sometimes make mistakes in our family unit. Now, if you're single this morning or you're without family, I still believe that you'll be able to benefit from this sermon series because these principles apply to all Christians, not just those with family. So if we do a quick review, if this is your first time here with us this morning, I want to do a real quick review. The first week, in week one, we talked about how to have a satisfying marriage. And we said if you want to have a healthy home life, if you want your home life to thrive and to grow and to flourish, it starts with a satisfying marriage. And I gave you six concepts that were supposed to help you out in helping your marriage grow into a more satisfying one at that. Week number two, we talked about this taboo subject of incompatibility in marriage. And for those of you who have been married long enough, you know at times you can seem very incompatible, but we are called to overcome those things. I think God blesses us with tools to show us how to do that. Week number three, we talked about what God made the family for and why it's important. And hopefully you learned some concepts from that. And now here, week four, we're going to talk about the elements of a healthy family. And before I begin, I just want to say thank you to Aaron again for uh, filling in for me last week. I think he did an outstanding job. So thank you so much for that, brother, filling in for us. Uh, so the story goes, there was a preacher who showed up to church with a Band-Aid on his chin. And he said to the congregation, I'm sorry about this Band-Aid. I cut my chin this morning when I was thinking about my sermon. And a voice from the congregation said, next time, why not think about your chin and cut the sermon? Amen. So this morning, like I said, I'm not going to be too 
long because we have a fellowship luncheon prepared and I heard that Venus did the cooking. Amen. So this morning, I believe that there are six elements uh, that all healthy families need to offer each other. Six elements that all healthy families have. And if you're taking notes this morning, I'll go somewhat slow, but hopefully you'll catch some of these elements and apply them in your own family life. The first element of a healthy family is fun. Mike, if you will, go to this very first slide, and let me show you this text, and let's look at it together. John chapter 10 and verse number 10 says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you believe that this morning, say amen. Amen. The Lord came to give us an abundant life, a life full of richness and goodness, but we understand from this text that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I mentioned this before in a couple of sermons ago, but the family life should be a fun-filled life. Now, I'm not saying that mom and dad need to be stand-up comedians. I'm not saying that at all. But the home should be full of laughter and enjoyment. Because I believe if Satan can steal your family's joy, he can destroy your family. And we use this term tongue-in-cheek all the time, right? Happy wife, happy life. We say happy dad, all are glad. I made that one up, by the way. Anyway, um, (laughs) hopefully we'll start that. I coined that. Um, And we use these terms to mean that one person's attitude or outlook can affect the entire family unit. Have you noticed that? Just one person can mess up the whole day. The story goes, there was a man who made an appointment to see his doctor, and he said, Doctor, uh, everywhere that I touch seems to hurt lately. I don't know if I'm getting old or just getting senile, but if I push on my knee, it hurts. And if I push on my stomach, It hurts. And if I press right here on my head next to my temple, that hurts too. What is going on? The doctor said, I don't know, but what we need to do is we need to do a full body x-ray. So an hour passed and the doctor was studying the x-ray and he stroked his chin and the doctor began slowly. He said, I think I found the reason why everything you touch hurts. And the man said, well, doctor, tell me what it is. And the doctor said, your body is fine, but your finger is broken. (laughs) I tell that story to say that we need to be able to understand the source of our pain. We need to understand where it comes from in order to affect our family in a positive way. Maybe your pain or your stress comes from your job or financial situations, or maybe your health, or maybe it's lack of contentment. But whatever your issues are, these issues can weigh a family down and make the home an unbearable place to live. And you've been there before. We've all been there before. But following the teachings of Jesus Christ can help us overcome whatever idiosyncrasies we have. Yesterday, we had the bright idea of taking our children to Legoland. 
And if anybody has been to Legoland, you know that it's in the city of Carlsbad, I believe, right? And you know that driving on the I-5 going south on a Saturday is never a problem, amen. But we decided to take our children to Legoland. And we went to Legoland. We saw all the sights. We had just a wonderful time. We got on one of these rides that was like a log ride, and it's a water ride. So I remember I was on the side, Mary's on the side, Layla and Izzy were in the front, and we went up this ride, and we came down, and we got soaked and wet, and we were just having a wonderful, wonderful time together. And Layla turned to me and said, Daddy, thank you so much for bringing me here. I'm having a wonderful time. And I said, that's great, Alayla. Then she said, can we go to Disneyland tomorrow? I said, it doesn't work that way, amen? It doesn't. We're about three months in between. We've got to save up for Disney. But then what was funny is after the ride, we got off the ride. And, you know, when you get off of those water rides, sometimes you're cold and you're shivering. And Isabella's lips were blue and we were all huddled up. And we had to walk all the way to the car. And all of us were arm in arm. And we were walking a bag, just smiling, laughing, and having a good time. It was great. And these fun times are what the family will remember. But they'll also remember the bad times, the difficult times, the hard times. So this morning I would say choose correctly what memories you want your family to have. Do you want them to have laughter and enjoyment or do you want them to have anxiety and sorrow? The second element of a healthy family is attention. Mike, go to this next slide. Timothy 5, 1 Timothy 5, 8, excuse me. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That is a tough passage. It's a very, very tough passage. But what we know about this text is clear. The job of a mother and a father is to provide for his or her family. We all know that. But in today's culture, we believe that we need to provide the best things for our family. You see, the nicest clothes, the the latest toys, the most up-to-date technology, and I'll say that there is nothing wrong with that mentality, but the best thing for your family that you can ever provide is attention. And the funny thing about attention is that it's completely free. Amen? And it seems that the things that we work so hard to provide our children with, they actually draw us away from our children and our spouse rather than bring us together. One Christmas, probably about three years ago, I was in between ministry jobs. I had left my job, uh, my church up in Sacramento. Wonderful work there. I wanted to come down to Southern California to possibly start a church and work on some ministry down here. And finances were really, really tough for us. Mary was in school full time and we just didn't have enough to make ends meet oftentimes. And here comes Christmas. You guys have been there before, right? And Christmas is supposed to be this wonderful time of year if you celebrate it. And it's the time of year where the kids have been waiting all year for that one gift that they know that they're going to get on Christmas. That Christmas was so hard for us because I couldn't provide my children with what I've been saying they can get the entire time. So we put some gifts under the tree, and one of the gifts that the kids opened up was a pack of Uno cards. And Isabella looked at me like, Dad, what is wrong with you? (laughs) 
But I remember that Christmas we sat down as a family and we played Uno together for about two, three hours. We just had a wonderful, wonderful time spending time with each other. And I know whenever the kids want to sit down with mom and dad and they want some attention, Izzy comes out with her stack of Uno cards and she'll sit right at the table and say, Dad, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And we use that as time to connect. It's wonderful because what we're doing is we're giving attention to one another. And what your kids, what your family is starving for is your attention, mom and dad, husband, wife. They want your attention, undivided attention. And you don't have much time with your children. You don't have much time to give them that attention they need. Children grow up overnight, and they need their parents' undivided attention every single day for a moment in time. And if you don't provide your family with the attention that they're seeking, guess what? They're going to find it somewhere else. Amen? The third item that healthy families have is they create memories. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 9, Mike says this, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Someone once said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. Amen. Criticism and encouragement have something in common. They both last for a very, very long time. And what we need to create in our family units are lasting memories of encouragement and of blessings. And if we're able to do that, those are memories that your children will never, never forget. Now, what I want you to do real quick is I think all of you, even uh, some of our senior adults this morning, I have to watch how I say that, you know what I mean. But some of our more senior adults, you can even close your eyes at this very moment and think of, some fond memories of your family growing up. So what I want to do, I don't have too much time, but I want to take about five to six seconds, and I want everyone here to close their eyes for a moment, if you will. And I want you to think of your family. And I want you to think of one word that describes your family. So close your eyes and do that at this time. One word. Okay, open your eyes. What words came to mind? And as I look across the auditorium, some of y'all are saying crazy. That one's off limits, okay? That one's, I'm using that one already. You can't use that one, just letting you know, okay? <laughs> but we're, we're not going to use that word. Some of you might have said exciting. You can think back at your childhood and you can say it was just an exciting time. Some of you are saying it was a stressful time. My family was stressed. Some are saying anger. Or some of you are saying it was loving. Some of you are saying it was comforting. Some of you are saying that it was strict. Some of you are saying that it was very religious. Some of you are saying my family life was very driven. And the question I have for you, mom and dad, husband, wife, children, what memories are you forming with your family right now? Because your children will remember everything you teach them while 
there in your home. You know, I'm 33 years old, um, and the funny thing is, is that whenever I get ready to have a meal and there's food in front of me, I have to bow my head and say a prayer. And why is that? It's because my mom, when we were younger, used to always make us do that always make us do that. No matter how hungry we were, we would come home from football practice, we'd sit down, we'd get ready to eat, and my mom would say, uh, Jason, did you thank the Lord for that food? And it would make me so upset, and I would say, okay, mom, I'm going to thank the Lord for my food. Now, as a 33-year-old adult, whenever I'm out to eat, I'll get ready to dig into that meal, and I hear my mom's voice every single time. Did you thank the Lord for that food? And I have to say a prayer. My mom created that lasting memory in me, and I can't, I can't shake it. I think it's a good one. My father taught me how to be a go-getter and how that I can't should never be used in my vocabulary. My brothers and sisters taught me how to love others that are different than me and to be forgiving. So what memories are you forming in your family unit? Because memories last a lifetime. The fourth element is this, inspiration. 1 Thessalonians 5 11, and I kind of talked about this earlier. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact as you are doing. Encouragement goes such a long way, such a long way. Right now, if you wanted to, you could recall all the rudest things that people have ever said to you. You know you can do that, right? You can just close your eyes and you remember every rude thing that someone has ever said to you. But you can also remember the encouragement and the encouraging words that that people said to you. See, the home is not a place for criticism. It's a place for inspiration. Amen. You should encourage your spouse and your children daily because they may just start believing what you say. When I was younger, I used to get up and my grandpa used to make me preach in front of my brothers and sisters. We had a congregation of about six And I would have to get up and practice my sermon, right? And my grandpa would be there, and he would critique my sermon. And what he would say to me is, Jason, that was an amazing sermon. And then as I got older into high school, I would preach on Wednesday nights at our church, and people in the congregation would come up and say, Jason, you're going to be a good preacher one day. You remember? You know what? I remembered all of those things that people said to me, and I really began to believe that one day I could be a gospel preacher And here I am today preaching the gospel from the encouragement of other people. So I would say encourage your children, encourage your family, because they might just believe what you have to say. It might end up becoming what you say they can do. So I tell my kids all the time, you're going to be a millionaire one day. (laughs) And you're going to take care of your mom and dad, amen? Hopefully they believe that, (laughs) Point number five is this, the family. Healthy families have a structure of love about them that is so amazing. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we know this passage. We've studied it countless times. We understand it. You know, this past week I got to go visit Arkansas, and I want to thank the shepherds for allowing me to head out that way. Had a great time, and while I was in Arkansas, I was able to go around and visit a lot of my friends, um, 
their homes now. They have children now, and everybody has a few gray hairs or missing. It's funny to go back and visit and to see people, but I got to go visit some homes of my friends, and many of the homes that I visited in Arkansas, they had doormats before you entered into the house, and it said, a home filled with love. You've seen that before, haven't you? And it's like when you get ready to step foot into this house, you already know what this home is about. Or if I'd walk into their home, they'd had pictures on the wall of their wedding or of their children with love written somewhere on the photo or on the frame. You see, a family should celebrate love every chance that they get. One of the things that our family likes to do is visit some of the homes that we used to live in when we were younger. I'm a military brat and a preacher's kid, and one of our favorite pastimes is we'll go to various parts of the country. We'll go to Georgia, Northern California, Kentucky, and we go and visit our old childhood homes. And I remember one time, my brother and I, we went to Hinesville, Georgia, and we were much older at this time, maybe in our, we were 26, and when we lived there, we might have been like 9, 10 years old, and we went back, and my brother and I, we just sat in the car and looked at our old childhood homes. And, you know, I think I started weeping or so. I don't know. I felt an itch in my throat and my, uh, I started to get a little watery-eyed. And it was just so amazing to remember those memories that we had in this home. And it made me think about all the love that we received there. You should celebrate those times of love with your family. And the interesting thing about love is that it's not conditional. It's free. And it's not self-seeking. And people get to see Christ by the way you love your family. So always, always remember that. Lastly, as we close this morning, we've got to yield. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 60 and 61 says this, So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. But your hearts must be, what, fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time, very important verse, and if there's anything I want to leave you with, it's this section of Scripture here. God wants nothing more than to have your family unit committed to Him. It brings God joy when a family attends worship together, when a family serves together, and when a family prays together. And when you yield your family to the Lord, Nothing but blessings come your way. And when those hard times do come, you have God on your side to help you through the struggles. Amen. And what we need in our culture today is we need more and more families that are dedicated to the Lord. And that's part of the reason why we did our parent dedication this morning. Parents were pledging before God and the church that they will do everything in their power to raise their families in the way of the Lord. But you see, in order to raise your family in the way of the Lord and to dedicate your family to the way of the Lord, first, you've got to be dedicated to the Lord. Because if you're not dedicated to the Lord, this whole, this whole concept of a healthy family and you dedicating your family to the Lord, it just won't work. So it starts with you today. Maybe you've been encountering some hardships in your family Maybe your family is headed on a trajectory that you're not liking right now, that you don't see as good. I would say it starts with you. How dedicated are you to following the Lord? And many of you might say, I'm, I'm very dedicated. Others may say, I'm a little shaky. Others may say, I'm nowhere close to where I need to be. 
That's why we always offer an invitation here at the Mission VA Hope Church of Christ. This morning, we've got an invitation song selected. During that invitation song, if there's anyone here that's in need, maybe you want prayer for your family, maybe you want your family to be more dedicated, or maybe you yourself want to be dedicated to the Lord today, we'll put you on, uh, we'll, we'll baptize you today, and you can put on Christ today as your Lord and Savior and be added to the church and be dedicated to Him today. We're ready to do that for you. So whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing the song of invitation?